Hello and welcome to For All Mumkind, the podcast. A podcast by mums, for mums. My name is Pamela and in each episode I sit down with a mum and chat about motherhood, the ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is a nutrition coach specialising in baby and children's nutrition, a TV chef and published cookbook author. She's also founded and mentored a number of Irish food startups. She's a mum to Ryo. It's Sophie Morris. Yay. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Pamela. Thanks so much doing? for having me. How are you doing? Good. Doing yeah. very good, except for the heat, my God. It's very warm. <laughs> it's very warm, but it's nice and cool in here, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how is Ryo at the moment? He's great. He just turned eight months when last week and oh my god just a few days ago he did his I, and I managed to get it on video I couldn't believe it his first little crawl I thought I couldn't believe it because Robbie my husband had been saying I know I'm gonna miss it because like he's been you know threatening to do it for for a while you know he's so kind of doing that army commando crawl thing yeah and he was getting up on his hind legs and I was like no he's gonna do it and Robbie was like I don't want to miss this so anytime I thought he might I was yeah. there with the camera and I managed to get it so I was delighted he's, he's flying yeah he's doing great he's, he's doing, doing really, really good. good yeah he's a big boy yeah he's great He's gorgeous. Thanks so much. And yeah. you recently had his naming ceremony as well. Yes, that was we did. beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, it was really special actually. And my God, the the weather was really looking down on us. It was so good. It was blistering sunshine up on Kleiny Hill, and yeah, it was really special for us. I suppose we both um, were both Church of Ireland, but growing up, I suppose Robbie did go to church more than me. I never would have gone to church, and it's just not something even talked about in our household growing up. So we were kind of talking about, you know, christening and all that. And we just both decided we kind of wanted Ryo, when he was older, to make his own religious and philosophical beliefs for himself. Yeah. So we didn't do the christening, but we decided we still really wanted to mark his birth, you know, something that would be meaningful to us. And Robbie's a real scientist. You know, he is obsessed with Brian Cox on YouTube. He's always watching him talk about the universe and the planet and everything. And I, I very much find my peace in nature, you know, particularly at the sea. So... We wanted to do it somewhere, you know, beautiful in nature that would kind of capture, I suppose, the magnificence of our world. And it really did kind of feel that way up there because it's yeah. just such a magnificent setting, you know, especially with the sun and everything. So, yeah, it was really special. We felt like we were just there on the edge of the, the cliff there welcoming Ryo. And it was it was lovely. It was perfect for what we wanted. So it was really um the location was like, is kind of monumentous in itself. So yeah. to mark that occasion, it was really fitting. I thought I was like, that's really beautiful. I know. And I was, I was racking my brain, you know, where will we do it? Where are we doing? Kept changing our mind because we knew we wanted it to be outside. Um, but again, somewhere kind of, you know, somewhere that would have that kind of ceremonious setting, yeah. I suppose. Um, and then it was only, we were walking there one day recently, like a few months before and just came across it and was like this is it actually how did I not think of this before and you know and it's great because it's funnily there's never like a load of people there at the time yeah so we said we just bring up a sandwich board and put like you know Ryo's welcoming ceremony there we thought people would kind of realize what's going on yeah. and not kind of over credits and like no one came by which was great and it was only the immediate family so it was small yeah um so it was yeah it was ideal it was great it was gorgeous thanks yeah um so I'm gonna take you back now so I suppose mm-hmm. it's two years Coffee. to 2017 yes and a year where the term cycle took a different meaning for you mm. yeah and you share you share this kind of openly on your Instagram and you're trying to kind of create a conversation around 100%. fertility yeah yeah I I got I felt so strongly about it um I suppose before trying to get pregnant 
you know, I just never had heard other people, like other friends who'd had babies, I just never heard anyone discuss this topic or no one had told me they'd struggled to get pregnant. And, you know, maybe I was just totally naive. I don't know, but I just, just never heard anyone talk about it. So then when we did start trying, you know, I just had seen all these people just kind of falling pregnant and thought it's as simple as that, you know, just fall pregnant, you know. And when we started trying and it didn't just happen that way, it did hit me really hard because I, I just wasn't expecting that. Um, and because I hadn't heard anyone else talking about it and all, you know, I just saw friends, everyone getting pregnant. I just really felt like I couldn't, I couldn't open up about it. I don't know. I just felt I couldn't talk about it. Um, and Robbie was the only one I talked about it and he was great. And as time went on, I remember saying to him, you know, when I feel the time is right, I, I have to be open about this because... You know, I knew in my, I felt in my heart, I had to believe in my heart, we would get pregnant at some stage. And, you know, I was like, I'd hate for someone else to see me who was struggling and think, oh, she's just fallen pregnant. It's so perfect for her. I would hate that because that's not been the case. So I felt really strongly about being open about it. And it was probably about a year into it, I finally did open up to one of my close friends. I just kind of burst into tears in her house one evening. And um, she then started telling me about, other people I kind of knew of not probably not close friends but people I knew of who had had similar struggles and there they were with babies and you know I had seen them before and thought you know everything must have been fine and when she told me all these stories I was thinking wow like this is actually a real issue for so many women way more than I think people realize yeah and we're not we don't feel like we can share we can talk about it like even with friends well I certainly didn't so I just thought, God, that that's a real shame and it needs to change because I think as women, it really just helps so much to share with someone who's facing a similar situation, particularly around this topic of fertility or motherhood. You know, I feel so strongly that it just helps so much to share. And that's why I thought if I opened up about it, then maybe it will help someone else yeah. feel less alone in it and maybe they'll feel like they can open up Um so I felt really strongly about it and you know I also remember I remember it used to annoy me so much hearing this kind of do you ever hear that story of that couple who they were trying for ages and they couldn't get pregnant and then they booked in for IVF and oh, just yeah. when they booked in for IVF it they got pregnant happened. yeah they used to drive me mad because I was like yeah right who the hell does that happen to that just doesn't happen and I have to say incredibly we ended up being really? that couple yeah I, I couldn't believe it you know And I think as a result, I really do now believe in that kind of thing where the pressure you put on yourself Mm -hmm. and the control and, you know, I had, I had reached my kind of breaking point, that cycle, as you were saying, I just felt I was in a groundhog day, you know, every single month, the same pattern, you know, waiting, waiting, getting hope up. And then this, you know, hopelessness when it, when your period comes and that cycle, I just found just took over, took over your life, took over everything. And I, I like, I think every woman has a kind of break point where they're like I can't carry on with this and I needed to hand over control yeah to something else so we did book in for IVF and I think yeah I think that released the pressure or something I don't know it's what kind it of passed was. over to someone else passed over, yeah, wasn't handed on you. control over I said you know what we are doing this nothing I can do anymore yeah and I kind of let go I don't know if that's what it was what if it was fluke or what but I'll never forget we were due to go in for our kind of pre-IVF appointment, you know, which is, I think, a pretty hard 
hard day because you're there for I think hours and they go through all the medication and everything you know it's there's so much to it and we were booked in for that and I was like a few days late and I was saying to Robbie I was like I'm gonna have to do a test you know I didn't want to get my hopes up because yeah. I'd done it so many times I'd been late before and it wasn't it wasn't pregnant so but I said you know we can't go to this thing without me doing a test you know yeah. I'm gonna have to I said absolutely so got the test you know I was waiting for the next morning you know the whole like the first morning you know is yeah. more hormones in your wee or whatever sorry but uh, I was waiting for the first the morning to do the test and I could not sleep I had such butterflies in my tummy because I felt like it could be something but then yeah. I was like no you might be just building this up and you've had your hopes destroyed so many times but at the same time I couldn't help you know hoping yeah and I just couldn't sleep and I think it was about five in the morning Robbie turned to me and said are you awake? And I said, yeah, I'm awake. I really need to pee, but I don't want to, I don't want to use my morning pee because that's going to have all the hormones in it because uh, we need to do the test. And he was like, what are you doing? Like, just do it now. You know, these crazy things yeah. that go on in your mind during that process. He's like, just do the test now. I said, but it's too early. It's only five in the morning. And he's like, so just do it now. <laughs> so I went up, got up, went into the bathroom and you know that moment where you're kind of waiting the few minutes before looking and yeah. you know I, I, I just never forget it so much because I'd done some of these tests in hope and there it was saying I was pregnant I just it was such an unbelievable feeling I ran into the bedroom just like oh my god I'm pregnant you know shouted at it to Robbie and he just started kind of shouting crying slash laughing like we just started basically rolling around the bed with this it was just such a sense of relief I, I've I'll never forget that feeling. It was such a sense of just relief because we were about to go off to this appointment that day, you yeah. know, for IVF. And, you know, I was just, we were just rolling around in kind of weird, relieved laughter, crying, just such a weight off our shoulders. Like it was a really, it was an amazing day, I have to say. So, yeah, we were that annoying couple. But I think it's an important message as well because, yeah. you know, I think I definitely agree with everyone having their end point where they need to hand over that control yeah and it just shows how much I do think it shows how much stress and pressure and trying to control things mm -hmm. can affect it which you know what I know that's so frustrating to hear because you can't help it when yeah. you're in when it you're in it it's very hard I used to find that frustrating you know people saying you relax. know just relax relax god it was so frustrating you and just, you're almost like I am relaxed yeah. <laughs> yeah I am like I went on this yoga retreat and everything just re like on my own to just totally like relax and get zen and you know it's just so hard but if there is a way that you can if there is an outlet that you can manage to try and release that pressure you're putting on yourself yeah you know it could help so because it's such a frustrating thing because um I always kind of say like you know women spend their 20s trying not to get pregnant and their 30s <laughs> trying to get pregnant and, so true you know what, what you know what depending on your contraception but many people are on the pill and you take mm. that for years and then when you actually yeah. try and conceive and you realize there's like a golden like 24 to 48 hours that actually is this is key. viable yeah. like then you kind of go what what have I been doing for yeah, years why have I stressed out so much that time you know you're like oh my god could I be pregnant yeah. yeah and and then when you actually look into it and for me it was actually a friend of mine had she was trying for a baby and she's got pregnant and she's meticulous and she's like oh I have this app use the app it'll help you you know figure out your cycle and your ovulation and everything like that so I was yeah. like okay okay and I'd spoken to my GP about it and um so we had we were trying and we it was going it was a couple of months and I was using this app and my instinct was telling me I was like there's something something's just not right okay. something here isn't stacking up mm. and 
went to my GP and she was very relaxed. She's like, don't worry about it. Mm. We're not going to do bloods or anything. And I said, okay. And I'm very... You kind of want to know. I just wanted to know. Yeah, it just I'm my instinct same. was saying, "You're saying this is not going to work. There's something just not." Mm. When I was putting in all the doing the days of the cycle and your temperature and all that into this app, I was like, "There's something just not isn't hitting right here." And got bloods done eventually, and there was a slight thyroid issue, so we kind of fixed that, mm. and we ended up actually going for IUI. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which bizarrely, for, like yourself we went in there and I had read everything and I had all my stats and I had, were mm. very much, this isn't going to work. This is just the road to IVF. Yeah. And because I think the percentage of IUI working is like minute. Really? It's like 13%. Yeah. I remember so. thinking, well, should we do that? And then we said, no, why bother when yeah. the percentage it's success so is so much higher for IVF? IVF. Like, why don't yeah. we just go straight for that? Exactly. Yeah, that's what we decided. So yeah. they had said, they were the doctor said, look, try the IUI. We'll do two rounds of IUI. And we were like, and we had really written it off. You know, we were like, this. we're just taking the box until we get to the IVF yeah um and we did the IUI and it worked wow and but in a real sense of I remember taking that pregnancy test and kind of going this isn't gonna work type thing yeah and thinking it's positive and I'm saying to Ben going it's positive it's just shocking. and we were just it? shocked we were yeah. like is it and then we kind of actually didn't believe it and we said we'll do it again tomorrow Isn't and just in case there's still hormones in your yeah, system yeah. giving you I false positive as well. yeah, yeah. and then we went to the next day and it was positive again and we were like oh maybe wow. we are pregnant isn't that amazing um, that's so nice when you're not expecting and it and I think so that's much. what so it was similar to me yeah just I think so I not didn't expecting it because I just didn't think this was going to work and I had, there was no pressure. It yeah, was literally. True, yeah, you didn't have, you weren't like riding on this to no, work. You were kind of saying, like, this is just a stepping stone. Yeah, as I like, think about the facts, I always deal, anyone that knows me personally, mm. I always look at the facts of a situation first and kind of go weigh things up. And I went, you've 13%. I was like, that is not on your side. So this is highly mm, unlikely. Yeah, so just go in, yeah. go to the motions. It'll be grand. Yeah. And then in a couple of months' time, we'll get the real deal and we'll have the IVF and, you know, that'll imagine work. Imagine that. And that's what you would have been really kind of building yourself yeah. up to and putting the pressure on. So, yeah, yeah that, that is incredible. So it's, I, I, and it's, it's really hard because when you're on that cycle of you've got your ovulation week and your lethal phase, God, yeah. how to oh, come back to all that. I know. And then you're waiting that two week, that golden two weeks where you're waiting like... The wait, the two week wait. The ever worst two weeks. All those acronyms you, you figure out around that time, the TWW, <laughs> you know, like, and everyone says, don't look on forum. It's so hard not to look online, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the two, you know, you find out, yeah, two week wait. God, it was, it was torturous. Torture. And it's You'd bad really enough build your getting up. your period. And then it's also like, it's a then double whammy. Yeah, yeah. And totally. you're like, oh, great. Now I have, the, I have the crying anyway because of the hormones. And on top of that, there's massive disappointment. You yeah. Know? Yeah, no, it was really that It's an bad, awful, that. awful time. Awful. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, unless you have friends or someone in your life that is going through it, mm. it's, it's very lonely. So lonely. That's, that's exactly what I meant. Why I felt after the fact I needed to really be open that like I did not just fall pregnant yeah. this was really hard and I really struggled and you know it was one of the most challenging things I'd been through in my life and um I wanted other people potentially going through the same thing to to not hopefully make them feel less lonely because I felt really lonely at yeah the time. I really and did. I may I remember saying to Ben at the time when the IUI worked and I said I'm not hiding this because I would again hate for someone to look at me and go, mm. well, she, you know, I was 34 um, having asked. I think I was 33 getting the IUI. No, I was 34 getting the IUI. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking, I would hate anyone to look at me and use me as a benchmark 
you know, and kind of go, mm, yeah. oh, she got married and you know, she had a baby and look, it all worked out great for her. 100%. That's and I was like, that's I not reality. Yeah, like, no, that, that's not. So I'm not going to hide to any friend of mine that said, oh, you're pregnant. I said, yeah, you know, but but we had our challenges and, you know, went through with them. This is this is our path to having a baby. I think that's so incredible that you're doing that. And I really, you know, and I know it's hard. Like, yeah. it really is hard because it is a personal thing. But I just think... You get so much back then as well from people. Like it really helps you even to share your experience. Yeah. I find it helps other people, but it helps you too. As well, it kind of raises the weariness of one hundred. Yeah, like it, for some people, it happens so easily. Yeah, and they're so fortunate. Yeah, and then for others, it's not that easy. And I think we all have that perception that mm. it is going to be easy. That's because exact. we know no different. And I think that's what it hit. Why it hit me so hard because I just as I said, just saw people falling pregnant and thought it was as simple as that. Um, and that was another reason I wanted to speak out because I I think if I had heard more people's stories before trying to get pregnant, I would have been a lot more eyes wide open about yeah. it. I wouldn't have been so naive thinking this will just happen. And then maybe I, it wouldn't have hit me so badly when we didn't just fall pregnant, you know? Yeah. So that was another thing. And then... So you got pregnant and then you announced it, was that May 2018? I announced it in May, yeah, I got, I, we found out in March. March, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I announced it in May, yeah. And how was your pregnancy then? It was, like, it was great, you know, like, that. I didn't, I, I suppose the first trimester, yeah, I had that kind of, I didn't, I was never sick, sick, yeah. which I feel really, hor- like, it's horrible, people who, who go through that actually puking. Yeah. I did feel nauseous and I was, like, constantly starving, you know, stuffing my face. <laughs> but far from that... It was, yeah, you know, it was a really, it was a really good pregnancy. I have to say, I think because I had wanted it so badly, I did definitely have like anxiety at certain points, you yeah. know, worrying, you know, you're feeling like, is this really going to happen oh, for me? Completely. Am I going to lose it? You know, yeah. and that kind of worry, like that anxiety. Yeah, I definitely, it was only after the fact when I had, I was on one of my walks after having Ryo, I was thinking back. I just did a lot of thinking about it and thought, you know, I really did have quite strong anxiety, you know, at the time. And I, I didn't, I don't know if I really enjoyed my pregnancy as much as I could have. Mm-hmm. You know, instead yeah. of enjoying the moments of the, oh, that kick, 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 I'd be like counting. How many kicks are there? You know? Yeah. Which is, it kind of robs you of enjoying that. It's such an incredible moment. You're feeling yeah. this, this thing inside you actually moving and instead of like really just I suppose taking all that in I'm there going well how many moves was it and is that enough yeah. you know it's oh, completely I do mad. think that if you're if you've struggled at all to get pregnant yeah it definitely for me you know my person feeling towards it is that it definitely your pregnancy is indicative of how yeah I, yeah, just, I know what you mean yeah. you know I was so careful what I ate was so careful yeah like yeah, me too. We yeah. went for all this, you know, for the scans at the start and every time we went and the nurses would be like, are you excited? And we were like, yeah. And have you told people? No. Yeah. So yeah. we told absolutely nobody until 12 weeks. Did you not? Nobody. Because we were just so nervous. 100%. And even yeah. looking back and I see, you know, people online, they'd share so many pictures of them in their bump. Yeah. I have, I'd say, I could probably maybe... 10 photos of me and bump like that's yeah do you know it was just so just, precious and like yeah. the kicks I used to um 
I knew certain foods would trigger like food or mm. tr- trigger the kicks. So I remember always around 11 o'clock in the morning I'd have grapes and it used to send Alice wild. Oh, but cute. I used to do that because it gave me reassurance. reassurance. I was like, everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I know. I did the exact same. It's Isn't it mad? Yeah. We're so, like women, we're so, we do the same things, you know. I remember the same thing. It would be, you know they always say if you're on the move all day that's when they're kind of asleep so yeah. you won't feel anything it's when you sit down at night that's when you start so I kind of freak myself oh my god I haven't felt anything all day oh my god yeah um and then I'd like just sit down really still and like drink water or something you know water. just try yeah and just wait for the feeling you know and if it didn't come for a while you know I would really start yeah. to freak myself out and I think you know obviously they you know the information age is so fantastic and you know social media and all that but at the same time you know my mum always says god it's too much information because you're there you know the way they say well if you haven't felt a kick in this many hours go and go in so I'd be going well I don't think I have actually felt in that long maybe I should maybe we should go in and then you start building it up in your head oh maybe we should go in and get this checked out you know we actually went in a few times now, it wasn't because of that. Um, one time I did have a little bleed. Yeah. It turned out to be nothing. Like, they didn't know what it was. It wasn't even much. But we went in to the, um, you know, in the rotunda, the, what do you call it? The emergency. You can just walk yeah. in type thing. And if you feel like there's any issues. Um, but yeah, I was I was kind of like hyper alert about what's that? Or, you know, have I not felt enough? And, yeah. you know, worrying all the time. Yeah, it's not, it's not good, really, is it? No. It's not good, but... It's so hard to to, to not help that because like yeah. I say, it's so precious and you're so grateful to suddenly be mm-hmm. in the situation after feeling like, when am I going to be in that situation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So. It's, you're just so heightened and everything is so, it's, it's so precious. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, I do think if there's any challenge at all to, to getting pregnant, it's, that journey is just, it's just different for, for for people like that is you know yeah 100% I agree yeah yeah that's just going to be the way it'll be yeah and did you have a birth plan going into it had you no and I think I got I I did have some great advice from some close friends who'd had kids um just saying you know you could have all the plan you want but like once you get in there it all goes out the window and you know I really listened to that and said I think that is the case and if you build up this kind of plan in your head and it doesn't go your way you could be so disappointed exactly yeah but the amount of I, I think someone told me it's is it like one in three or maybe it's one in five turn out to be like emergency c-sections anyway so you know then your whole plan is is gone so no I didn't I mean I wanted to be knowledgeable about it yeah. so you know we did we did the we did the kind of one day course that they have in the rotunda where you go in for a whole Saturday and kind of run through everything as a kind of crash course as opposed to doing all the like evening the evenings, things yeah um and I really found that really beneficial because you know they just really went through exactly what happens and what to expect and that was really good um so I think my plan was just I suppose yeah I wanted to stay as calm as possible because there is something in that um you know what is it to help your what's the the hormone I can't remember yeah yeah exactly like the calmer you are the more it's going to bring on the contractions and all that so definitely I did listen to some of the one I think it was a gentle birth app yeah for some like affirmations so I'd have affirmations and I did find those really good and just to keep them in my mind and just try try and stay calm but whether I was gonna um you know have an epidural or not I just hadn't decided I kind of was like I'm pretty sure I will want one but I kind of like to go in going you never know maybe I'll be fine yeah. just to keep an open mind um and 
Yeah, I did. I did. I just went in and I was like, well, I'm going to be listening to the doctors, you know, yeah, whatever exactly. they say. Their lead, yeah. I'll be doing, you know, and just staying calm, really. So that's what we did. And, you know, God, I was actually really after everything. I was really fortunate to have a very, I had a very good birth. I think it was, the labour was short. You know, I was induced, but they only had to do the first stage of induction. I think there's like different stages they might have to do to try to keep it going. But yeah. they just, all they had to do was give me... I think it was, they artificially broke my waters, I think it was, and that just set it off. And like suddenly I had like these crazy contractions and then he was out within five hours. Like it was mad. They broke my waters, I think it was like half nine and then he was out at half one in the day, like at lunchtime. Yeah. So, and I got the epidural. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. As soon as those contractions came on, they came on thick and fast. I said, so my oh wow. It's the exact same. Really? So, yeah, absolutely. Crazy? So, uh, waters are broken. I think that was about half one. And would buy. I remember this is this will tell you what goes through your head. I remember looking, going, "This is happening very fast." Like the contractions, just mm. there was yeah. no break. Same. Like they were like intense. Same. I remember t- turning to my husband, going, "These are like, these are coming very very fast." Yeah. And then we end up going down to the, this the birthing suite, mm. and I remember looking at the clock, and for some reason in my head I said, "I'll have this baby." Before the girls leave work. Isn't that Why so funny? That it's just a strange thought. Like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. a random What is going thought. on? <laughs> and yeah, I had her at 4.36. So three hours. Isn't that mad? Yeah. It was the most like intense, um, gas-filled yeah. three hours. But I had an epidural, yeah, yeah, towards the very, very end. Oh, well, well done um, for lasting that long. Like, I got it quite quickly. <laughs> but that's because nobody kind of had realised how far gone oh, it was, I had it was going. Because it was so quick. Because yeah, it was that so is, fast. Yeah, I was, yeah, we were in the bit birthing suite at half nine and then I remember thinking, they were saying you kind of want um, dilation, kind of, what was it, like a centimetre an hour or yeah. something, they want that. And so the first like hour, I, it had hap- that had happened and they were like, great, you're progressing normally, blah, yeah. blah, and then they kind of did an exam and I think I was like five centimetres or something, they did an exam and um, I, and then 45 minutes later they did another one, I said, I thought like, you don't need to do another one already. And yeah. I said, oh no, we actually think from the, because I had enough zero, so I couldn't feel anything. It's actually so relaxing. I did find it very relaxing suddenly, you know, not being able to feel anything. It was great after the intensity of the early contractions. Yeah. And then um, they said, oh, well, we can see from, from the chart, like it looks like your contractions are coming on, like that you're progressing very well. So we're just going to do another exam. They did another exam. They're like, okay, you're pretty much fully dilated. We're going to call in the consultant now. I said, what like I was expecting because I was expecting an one centimeter per Absolutely. hour. Absolutely, I thought I had more that's time. That's what you were told. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd, I thought I'd have like another five hours here, and then suddenly it was coming out. You know, God, it was really intense. It was crazy, but like, what an experience! It's mad, isn't it? That's exactly what I had in my head. I was like, okay, first time baby, ten centimeters. We're talking ten hour labor. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. You yeah, know, same. And even my obstetrician said to me when he came in, um, he said, I didn't think I'd see you till ten o'clock tonight, and I was like. Well, she wasn't waiting. Yeah. And he was like, I just can't believe it. It, it, this happened so fast. because it, And I kept thinking in my head, visualizing the contractions. I was like, there is no break in this. This is very, very intense. So and thinking, intense. I, they checked me, I was at three centimeters. And then they checked me again and they were like, oh, you're you're pretty much done. That's pretty much like what happened to me. Isn't like, that crazy? And I, and I, and I, and so I had the gas and air and I literally turned to her and, where's my epidural? <laughs> But had I 
realise at the time the hard work was over. Yeah, maybe you would have kept going. I probably would have kept going, but I was just so... I don't know, I was just so kind of lost on gas, yeah, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, that yeah, I was yeah. like, just like, give me an epic. I was so had the fear of, well, what's the next bit going to be, you know? Yeah, no, I'm 100%. And like, to be honest, to, to maybe to relay your fears or to, to think maybe you, you would want to do it. I was there and it was all very relaxed because it had the epidural and the midwives I had were just, I was so lucky. They were so lovely. And um, we were chatting away because couldn't feel anything. And next thing I just heard like the, the most, like all I could say is primal screams yes. coming down like primal like unbelievable and I just looked at the midwives and they said okay so that's somebody pushing without an epidural and I was like oh my god and at that moment I just thought I'm so glad I've had it but fair play to those women I genuinely don't know how they do it like the noises oh wow like primal. I'd won like that did you I'd won I will never forget it oh, it's god. a lot of my labour because I had so much gas it's it's kind of foggy, but I do remember um, it was going from the labour kind of ward to the labours or the su- the labouring suite. Mm. And the lady was like, go into the bathroom, go to the bathroom. And I was looking at her going, or the midwife, I was like, I really don't need to go to the toilet. I really need to like give birth. Yeah. And she was like, no, go in. I remember saying to her, can I bring the, the gas with me? And she was looking at me like, what's going on with you? Why you can survive like three minutes without gas. Yeah. And I was like, no. And I was in there with the gas and all I can describe is like like that. It was like the most primal, animalistic noise oh, wow. that was completely involuntary came out. And it was actually at that point she said, she kind of looked and went, okay, you are like, you're transitioning. You, you've got, like, you are well on your way. On your way, yeah. And then she checked me and she was like, oh. It's like, time to go. Yeah, we need to get you, get going. God. Yeah, it was... A lot of it I don't remember, but that noise, that comes out of like, that comes from deep in you. Isn't that insane? Like, yeah. Like, the body is just unbelievable, it's isn't amazing. it? amazing. Like, unbelievable. It yeah. really, yeah, it really is. Like, I think, you know, before having kids, you, you know, you obviously know what birth is all about. And, yeah. you know, you hear people talking about having kids, but I don't think you really kind of comprehend just how incredible it is until you've given birth oh well I didn't yeah. anyway I, I, I just had you know like yeah 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 you know birth whatever yeah but then when I went through it it it's you really just see it differently and go wow this is so mind-blowing what is happening here it's hard to wrap your head around I think yeah you know, like unbelievable the female body is definitely it's just I definitely, after giving birth, have a whole new appreciation for my body. I Yeah, I couldn't have like, said it better myself. Yeah, it's 100%, just, yeah. you value it. I would have always been really tough on my body, you know, going like push it harder, train it harder, you know, like feed it. Yeah. You know, but now I'm like, yeah. I kind of worship it. And like, like I'm kind of like, you're, you know. I feel you, the exact. You're a little bit softer than you were before. Yeah. But you know what? That's a-okay. It's so okay. I feel the exact same. You know, I think, well, I think all women have had times in their life where they've been really tough on themselves about their bodies. You know, I hate my this. I hate my that. And it's awful, you know, yeah. how we speak to ourselves about our bodies. Like, so bad. And, you know, I, I, I'm the same. Like, everyone has, I think. But, yes, yeah, since having Ryo, I just go wow like un- like fair play body like how I can't believe I'm just so grateful for it for bringing us our son yeah. you know and just going that's incredible you know and then then what happens after birth I just find mad like the colostrum 
house like nutritional powerhouse for the baby and they need it so and you're you know it's just starting to come out of you and then how it turns into milk and it makes them grow I just think it's just unbelievable and that you have the ability to do that your body has the ability to do it it is it's a whole new appreciation yeah for what you can do and yeah I definitely don't give myself a hard time about my body at all anymore I think this is unbelievable I look at him and he's massive and I'm like still breastfeeding and I'm like wow like can't believe I've done that you know yeah so yeah you do you definitely have a new appreciation for your body I think yeah and how is your breastfeeding going yeah well no it's it's great like like he's eight months now and to be honest I am ready to to wean him I'd not wean him completely but I do want to wean some just to give me some more you know I'm trying to get back into more work and things like that and he just hasn't taken the bottle for me at all so it's been a bit of a a bit of a strain we've just been trying to give him the bottle since the last month and just having none of it type thing it's just hard because you kind of get to the point where you're like okay I do actually would like to leave him now with you Robbie or someone else for more than four hours or whatever to go and do something and it's that kind of not having that flexibility at this stage is really tough now I actually just said on my Instagram yesterday we have had a little bit of a breakthrough the last few days um, because you know we were like I was always Robbie trying to give the bottle because I heard you know well he associates you with the breast so you know get the the dad to do it and it just never really worked and um, then my cousin said why don't you give it to him in his high chair because you know instead of holding him you know he likes him he's at that age now he's independent see how that goes and literally put him in the high chair the other like four nights ago and just, just I just handed him just you just took it I could not actually believe my eyes and now I've done it every night at the same time in the evening and he's taken it so it's a bit of a breakthrough and it is a huge thing because yeah like it, it, just to have that flexibility you know it is Absolutely. important you know yeah. at this stage so I'm delighted <laughs> hopefully it keeps going that way <laughs> yeah um, I saw that post um yeah it's funny like it's you don't know the challenges you're going to face mm until they're right in front of you and you kind of go now what do I do 100% and it just seems like there's one after the other doesn't there that is the thing you don't really think about before yeah like for me like I know we were talking about before like the sleep was, yes. has been that's been the definitely the biggest challenge for me since becoming a mum like you know, before having kids, you always hear people say, oh, enjoy your sleep while you can, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. sentence. And you go, haha, you kind of laugh it off without really thinking about it. Again, yeah. one of those things you don't really comprehend. And then you can't, you can't, you can't no. really physically comprehend what it's like until you are actually going through consistent sleep deprivation. It's the consistency of consistency. it. Because you will never have that. You can have late night out. You can have totally, yeah. work pressures. Yeah. They'll only ever be, what, like maybe two, three, four, max, max. if you're at a festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's the consistency the of consistency. Yeah. And the relentless not being able to get out of it. Yeah. That's what really got me is, like you said, before, before having a kid, you had a big night out. You'd say, oh, I'm wrecked. I'll just go to bed now. Have an early night. And you just, that got me that I, I just can't say that. I can't do it. You know, yeah. there's no, there's just no out for this. Out for me. You know, it's, it's just consistent every night. And I, God, that was really, really, really hard. And, you know, it does, it, it plays it does crazy things to your mind, I think, mm-hmm. you know, like that consistent, relentless sleep deprivation. You know, I was saying, I talked about it on my Instagram again. I, I felt it was something that was important to talk about, you know, because it, it was a huge challenge for me. And um, I said, like, I know that a lot of my friends 
like they would they would character they would a characteristic they would call of me is a very very positive person you know yeah. like I'm a positive I know I'm a positive person but I just found myself being so negative you know about everything you know so negative I just have these total meltdowns just exhausted just feeling like I can't do anything didn't want to leave the house the smallest tasks just felt so huge and yeah I really felt like my tank was empty I I did feel like I was broken on a lot of occasions and that was really really hard like really hard because yeah. as a nutritionist, you would speak to clients and you understand the value of sleep. Yeah, yeah. And it's again one of those things I intellectually knew <laughs> before and I would like tell people that how important quality sleep is because, you know, it can cause this and this and like long-term mood disorders and da, da, da. And now I know it can really like particularly cause mood disorders, I would call it. You know, you really, it's just how it can, it can just mess with your mind, I feel. Yeah, like, I really. always feared it. Um, I... I suppose because my brother and sister are a good bit older than me. I've seen kids. I've seen, you know, how your life changes with them. Mm. And I always, I really value my sleep and I need sleep. Mm. And it was, it always kind of hung over me. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, mm. because you can always bank up your sleep when you don't have a baby. Yeah. But I was like, how am I going to, what if my baby doesn't sleep? I need, to, I, I just know it in myself that that's part of my own self-care is getting a good night's sleep. I need it to function. Yeah. yeah. Alice was always oh, she was okay as a sleeper. Um, we did read the Lucy Wolf book, and I've interviewed her obviously for the podcast as well. Yeah. Um, because I always feared is tonight the night that she's not going to sleep, and yeah. is this is this sleep I'm getting now is it going to come to an end? And yeah. even to this day, I still think the last because it's quite warm. Her routine in the evening is slightly off, yeah. so she's going to bed a bit later, and I'm still kind of going, is is this? the time that this is all over the sleep I'm getting now is it is this is it gone is yeah. it gone because well, they do it's say it can change yeah. all the time so I'm waiting for <laughs> yeah. it I'm like oh no I'm a little bit the opposite I'm going is this gonna be the night <laughs> I sleep you know is this gonna be the night um I kind of have adapted to it now now in fairness like there was a that when I wrote that post on Instagram was a really bad period whereas now you know, I think compared to other people, it's probably still bad. But for me, like it's 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 so much better. Sleeping at the moment. So like, for instance, a good night. So he'd go down like around half seven, eight. Sometimes he does awake quite soon after just to be put a soother back in or to be yeah. settled, like maybe like half nine. Other times he won't do that. Um, then he tends to wake again around half eleven. And I do. I'm still feeding him at that time don't know if I should be but it just gets him back to sleep really quickly yeah. it's like a dream feed or whatever still doing that so give him a feed then and then on a good night he will sleep he could sleep till like four from midnight so that's good and then he'll wake and then he'll sleep again and then he'll sleep again till like six or whatever and wake up but on a bad night he'll wake up a few more times than that okay. so yeah you know it's kind so of you're getting no consecutive hours on the bad nights no like no. the best cons- like for me really good consecutive hours is like five hours even four to five hours that's like yeah. wow so you're, you're like 11 till four is your that would be brilliant like brilliant for me yeah <laughs> other times you know and sometimes it's really quick to get them back but it's just the fact that you're being yeah. woken yeah that you just you just don't it's amazing how valuable not just hours but quality of sleep yeah that's what i realized because you're not getting the same quality no because you're not falling deep enough no um and it is weird how you adapt because like, I mean, if I slept the way I am now before having a kid, you know, 
I don't know I, I don't know what I would have done like I used to like similar to you I felt like I just really need sleep I need seven to eight hours yeah really do and now I'm like I am functioning without it now I you know I can't wait to the time I have an eight hour sleep see the problem with us as well is that obviously he doesn't take the bottle yeah. so and because he was still feeding in the night you know that that's I can't just say okay see you later Robbie I'm having the whole night off yeah because I would still have to do the feed or whatever and then also he just wouldn't settle the same way in the really bad period he wouldn't settle with Robbie yeah. so I would like I would discipline and say no well, you need to go in now and not me and he would go in but like I'm not deaf I'm there in the other room I That's, can't sleep listening to him yeah. not settling and then I'm going well this is just prolonging me getting to sleep because it's taking so much longer so I inevitably just go in and take yeah. over and I don't know if that's a good thing to do or not but you know you just you just do what you have to do to get through the night yeah exactly yeah so I'd go in take over settle much quicker and then go back to it so that's why I never really have been able to get a, a solid break yeah. you know of the sleep you know, but like, yeah, and I and I would I I went through periods of as I said I feel so negative and I'd really beat myself up on, you know, just not getting the things done I really want to get done during the day because I was so exhausted. Like for instance, you know, exercise, how much I value exercise just for my mind and and everything. That definitely, I had to that had to give a bit compared to what I would want to do. Yeah. Which is annoying because it's a kind of a vicious cycle because I know how good exercise makes you feel and the endorphins and mm-hmm. I've always been such a you know a real fitness person. And, but I just had to be kinder on myself. Like something has to give yeah. whenever he was rest, whenever he was napping in fairness, he's a really good napper in the day, which is really good. So it means I get that time when he's asleep in the cot. Yeah. I would just want to rest. Even if I wasn't sleeping myself, just to just sit down or it's lie a little down. Bit of to, just, to rest your body and your mind. And your brain. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the exercise had to give, like something has to give when you're sleep deprived. And I did beat myself up a lot about that, but you know. It just does. You can't. You can't do it all when you're in that state. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. For me, it was exercise as well. Probably not seeing my friends as much as I'd want to, which was hard. You know, I'd end up cancelling because I just felt like I I needed, instead of walking around for his nap, I really just wanted to lie down when he was yeah. napping, and so that's that's a huge thing that definitely I found really hard. Um, and then I w- I'd worry. Oh God, I hope they understand. I hope they understand. Um, and then I'd probably bang on about how bad sleep is to kind of justify why well, maybe I can't go somewhere. But, you know, but then I'd feel bad because I'd say, God, but I'm so, f-, you know, I know how fortunate I am to have Ryo and I wouldn't change any of it because of so much happiness he's brought me. And the love is just crazy. Like the feeling of love towards this thing is just unbelievable. So then I'd feel bad that I'm giving out about the sleep, you know, but yeah, God, it's just but You have to have that, um where you can have like those two conflicting feelings so you have the appreciation of having yeah been lucky enough but you you're it's totally then okay to be like but god am I wrecked <laughs> yeah exactly and I do think in particular with sleep deprivation it's like it does as I was saying it does those kind of crazy things to your mind yeah, it, it doesn't does. it doesn't reflect it's not really at all about how you're feeling yeah it just does mad things to your mind where you you just can't think straight and you feel yeah as I said it kind of like robs you of your logic yeah yeah totally Totally, yeah. and it doesn't reflect how you feel at all in yeah. terms of like you know how mu- how happy you are with the baby and all that you know yeah so it's yeah it's a really funny one but what I found really helped me through that was talking to other mums again about similar who were going through similar things yeah. um like one mum in particular 
I met her really early on in baby massage class. Um, her name's Emma and her boy is like three days older than Ryo. Oh. And we just really clicked. Yeah. And we stayed in touch and we see each other regularly now. And like we're always on each other WhatsApp because our journeys have been so similar. Like what we've struggled with. Both the boys have slept badly. They're very similar how they slept. They both haven't taken the bottle. So we've just gone through similar struggles. And it's just, I have to say, how much that's helped me talking to her has been crazy because it just makes me feel less alone the things I'm feeling the things I'm going through you know the bad night I had last night her telling me the same it just it's like a therapy session that's all I can say we keep saying it's like a therapy session you know but I think that's why it's it's so important to find mums in your town and find a class or a group that you can go to because like sharing that problem you will ne- you will never be the only person in the room with that problem yeah like it'll never happen totally yeah. there'll always be someone who's like oh yeah, yeah. that's me yeah 100% I re- and I always remember hearing beforehand people saying you know find your tribe find your tribe find your tribe and I really do get that now and I really understand the importance of it yeah Um, because like if I didn't have her and like other good friends of mine that are mums that I meet up regularly I think I would be a lot more, I think I would have gotten quite depressed actually. Yeah. You know, because you do need, you need that outlet of sharing similar struggles with, with others, you know, so. Because there's a friend of mine who's um, pregnant at the moment and I was talking to herself and her husband and I said to myself, all I'm going to say at this point is, you're going to bring home a brand new human. I'm not going to call it a baby, it's a human. Yeah. And you have to keep it alive. So true. Yeah. It's not supposed to be easy. This is going to be really, really hard, and that is totally okay. Yeah, well. And I was like, that is the that. only piece of advice I'm going to give you right now. I'm here, and you can ask, and you can pull out whatever information. But like, that's brilliant advice. You know, I'm going to take that <laughs> to, to my pregnant friends because it's so true. And I don't think we're ever prepared for that. You no, know, like for, of all the th- like, but you know, for me trying to get pregnant for so long, for all the thinking about being pregnant and having kids that I did. There's no, I just did not think at all, or didn't know at all, just the overwhelm and the intensity of emotions that was going to just bombard me mm-hmm. in those early few weeks. I had, I was not prepared, like not prepared at all. That's, that's the only way I can ex- describe it is overwhelm. It was just so overwhelming and yeah. intense. Intense. It's intense. very intense. So intense. Yeah. Like you're just trying to find your feet this whole new, like you say you're trying to keep this human being alive that's so dependent on you yeah completely dependent on you and you're it's used to being just independent you know suddenly and it's just that transition to becoming yeah. a mom is is really and it's on crazy. job learning do you know like there's no yeah, yeah, yeah. like I was I was thinking I think I must have been driving to work or something and it came into my head and I was like it's so funny like life is so funny that you know we go to college and we learn how to you know for our careers and we do mm. training and top up and we upskill yeah we get pregnant <laughs> we're left out of the hospital with a baby and there ain't no four year course <laughs> but you're on your own <laughs> yeah totally I was like it is so funny but then and then our expectations that we should be perfect at it yeah even though yeah we give ourselves such a hard time such a hard time it's, yeah. Um, it just, I. It was whatever, whatever came into my head. I was like, it's so. Why do we have it that if we learn a new skill, we completely empathise with ourselves and go, "Well, I'm new to this, so I'm not going to get it straight away." Yeah, but as a new mum, we have this massive expectation on ourselves that, that it should just come so naturally. You know, this yeah. idea that like we'll just know what to do. No, you don't just know what to do. No. A lot of the time. You know, you don't. So, yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah, it's just, it's such a, it is such a funny transition for women and we have such an expectation on ourselves and... 
And um, you just, and, and nothing, and as I always say, nothing prepares you, but nothing really does prepare you. No. You know, no, nothing. No matter what people say, it's just, yeah, it is, it's, it's crazy. And it's a whole new identity you have to come to terms with as well. Yeah. Like, your identity is just suddenly, yeah, you're this mum and you're, like we said, this human is dependent on you. And, you know, whereas old Sophie, independent Sophie, I don't really know sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's a crazy transition. Yeah. Know? And if you were someone like, both of us would be into fitness, mm. I used to always go to, so I'd go to work, go to the gym after work, yeah. come home. Yeah. And then, you know, you'd have your evening where now it's like, finish work collect Alice bring her home yeah, you try and eat something b- before getting her to bed if yeah. possible put well, her, her to bed. schedule and her yeah. feet, her food and her sleep and her everything else bath and yeah it's just such a change and like you wouldn't change it for the world no way yeah you wouldn't but it's just so funny how your world is turned upside down totally all yeah. for this amazing little creature that's you know you're obsessed with obsessed with like totally obsessed with as well you know you know, sometimes I think, you know, if when I'm talking to my friends who don't have kids, let's say about sleep, whatever, and they hear me going, they're like, I'm thinking, God, they must think he's like this terror or something. <laughs> like, but so, like not, he's so incredible and such a happy baby all, like all day, only just a smile and everything. And it just, as soon as you see the smile in the morning, you've had a really rough night and you yeah. go into their little room and you're just so exhausted and they just look up at you and give you this smile. It's just indescribable, indescribable how that makes you feel. It's yeah. just everything melts away and it just feels like oh, it's okay I don't care you know I don't care that I haven't slept because I have you and I know how lucky I am to be in this position yeah. you know so yeah. they know exactly when to give you that smile they do they yeah, 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 yeah. when you're at the end your, your tank is empty <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> so as well being a nutritional coach you have a great understanding of nutrition and yeah. you have specialised in baby and children's nutrition yes so weaning for you yeah so how exciting. was it I, I i i couldn't like when it came around i was like i've just got the hang of feeding and bottles and everything i was like i can't believe now i have to start introducing food i know and i it found is. it so overwhelming it is and i think it is overwhelming for everyone like it was overwhelming for me too but i think because i had the knowledge um i didn't find it as nerve-wracking i suppose as other De- what i found hard was definitely fe- fitting in the time yeah. suddenly of this whole like now I can't watch can I not be out and about and you know yeah. that was definitely hard to get wrap your head around but the actual practicalities of actually giving him food and new food I you know I was very confident in because I, I I'd studied it obviously and had the knowledge so um I was really looking forward to it I mean I suppose as I was, you know, I've been a nutrition coach for the last number of years, um, helping women with nutrition education and how to live healthy lifestyles. So when I got pregnant, I, I kind of force, I, I could foresee that when it got to weaning stage, I kind of just knew I would really get into it because it's like the idea of introducing this new human to the wonderful, amazing world of food and textures of food and flavors of food, like that really excites me as someone who's a cook and has, you know, been into, like my whole career has been in food. Um, That really excited me. So I I knew I'd get really into it. So I kind of preempted that. And that's why I I trained in infant nutrition. Um, And um, so, yeah, so I've been loving it since. And I, I, I wanted to share the journey and I've just been loving it, you know, like it's just so exciting seeing him actually start to enjoy food and yeah. and properly swallow food and 
giving them all different flavors to try like I, I do love it and I've really enjoyed sharing it on Instagram as well you know I get lots of questions from mums and you know they send lovely messages saying that sharing my journey has really helped them be more confident and that's been amazing to hear and that's really driven me to do more yeah so yeah I'm just so passionate about it now since having him I'm just so passionate about baby's nutrition and children's nutrition and I'm excited to go down this road now in my career I think I will be going down this path a lot more so it's re- I'm really excited about it yeah because you share the not only the recipes the end product but the method as well yeah so you go through the yes. whole thing it's brilliant so yeah so I suppose I'm following just from from what I'd studied and all my research I really wanted to do a largely baby-led approach now I don't mean you know a lot of people hear baby-led weaning and they think it's like hardcore you know you suddenly are giving them like roast dinner like what you're eating exactly on day one you know and um, I don't really subscribe to that 100%. So I like I follow a baby led approach, but kind of I would say it's kind of modified to be much more aware of safety, which I think is incredibly important. Yeah. Um, safety and, you know, just the main thing is to allow them the independence to learn how to self-feed I suppose is what is what I'm doing. So um, yeah, so my approach is very much baby led, but not, as I was saying, not like being much more aware of the safety and also the nutritional aspects because yeah. obviously that's what I'm really passionate about so making sure they're getting you're giving a balanced plate and they're having the kind of nutrition they really need at the time when they start to need extra nutrients not just from breast milk so that's kind of what my passion is and and that's kind of my approach so yeah I'm loving it I'm loving it yeah it's great so it's that time where I have to ask you three questions oh yeah 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 great so what would you tell your pregnant self? Um, I would definitely tell my pregnant self to go out in the evening more while you're pregnant. Because, like, I can literally count on my hand how many times I've been out in the evening yeah. since having Ryo. And now I'm, cra- like, I crave it. So even if you're tired when you're pregnant or whatever, go meet your friends, go out with Robbie, just go out in the evening more. Like, definitely. And, and also, I think, spend some more alone time. Spend mm-hmm. some time with just you and just in, really soak up that time. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what I would say. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've made that observation now. because I did not realize babies go to sleep at seven o'clock. I yeah, don't know, I know what I talk, but like, and one or one, somebody has to be at home. Yeah. So exactly. okay, one can go out, but yeah. the other one has to stay at home. Yeah. So you are kind of come seven o'clock. I know. It's, and it's bright till like half ten, eleven. Yeah. So it's. I know. Yeah. And I've had the issue of the feeding and sleeping thing. Yes. So I, I really have been the one kind of stuck Stripped in. To the house. So I would tell myself. Go out, go out in the evening, do it. Yeah. And what one product could you not live without? It's so funny because I've talked about this loads on my Instagram recently because people keep asking me about my food processor. 100% my food processor. Obviously, I'm a cook and like that's my passion and um, I literally could not live without it. I do so much cooking in it. I chop things in it. I make so much in it. I use it multiple times a day, I would say. And so funny because I'm always, like I'm showing recipes now and I'm often showing food processor and being like look if you don't have a food processor I would really recommend getting one and so like so many people are asking me which food processor do you use I really need to get one um but yeah it's it's that would be that's probably a really boring thing to say but yeah that's that's what I could not live without do you know what um my Nutribullet has never been used so much since yeah, there, you, we're there you go there you go similar yeah exactly yeah, I use so it, we use it all the time yeah, there you go yeah you yeah. couldn't live without it I'd say at this stage it's so handy yeah, yeah. we have a food processor but we actually end up using 
if you want to just get like you can blitz it or you can kind of pump it so you can yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's in brilliant the, in the nature color, yeah there you go a great machine <laughs> not making me juices just making Alice some food yeah exactly uh, and what has been your magic moment oh yeah I loved that question god there's been so many I have to say it was hard to kind of pick one but there is one moment that always stands out in my mind and I think it's because I made I took a real mental note of the moment if you know what yeah. I mean at the time but it was like you know nothing extraordinary it was just one night quite early on he was probably a few months old and he was I had him asleep in the bed with me and I don't know it was just in that moment I just lay there and I just listened to him breathing watched his little face sleeping and there was something in that moment that just I was just so overcome with emotion and love like you know it was like nearly heartbreaking how much I loved him you know and I just remember thinking oh my god just take a moment and soak this in just take a moment because that this is what it's all for you yeah. know this is what it's all about and I really did I took in that moment and I've thought about it a lot since but that was definitely a real magic moment for sure yeah it was simple but you know yeah it's the simple ones isn't it I think yeah. that are the magic moments yeah. yeah I definitely there's been yeah where you give him a cuddle and it's like your heart is almost about to break or explode yeah. with that love. Yeah, it's so hard to even describe. Yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's like just, a profound feeling. It's, it, yeah. it's such an unusual, um, it's supposed it's the love that you talk about that when you're a mum, it's like the love like no other and it really is that, it, isn't it? It is that, it is that and it's incredible how you feel about this person, like you say. God, yeah, like it's just, it makes you just cry, like it just makes you cry thinking about it, you know? But yeah, that was a really special moment. Yeah. Oh, so nice. There's going to be loads more. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. They're great, aren't they? <laughs> Sophie, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, I really Pamela, enjoyed I it. I really enjoyed it. So no, I love talking about this stuff with mums, as I said. It's like, it is kind of like therapy. So I've loved it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. <laughs> So thank you for downloading this episode of From Unkind. If you've enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe. If you'd like to send a message, please email fromunkind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at From Unkind. And I'll see you on the next episode of the podcast. <laughs>